Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. honest with you when Mike messaged Heather and I and he said by the way Mike's not in the room so I'm allowed to have a little dig at him g'day Mike on online church I know you're watching this <laughs> when he messaged us and said hey Adelaide and Taylor consider preaching on gossiping I was a bit I was a bit stumped if I'm completely honest not stumped on gossiping in and of itself as a topic I was like it's a common thing in our culture probably a good thing to explore as Christians and get a Christian perspective on right But I was a bit more, yes, thank you, I received that. (laughs) But I was a bit more stumped as to the Summer Sizzler side of it. I was like, what's so Summer Sizzler about gossiping? Like, that's that's what was going through my mind as I was wrestling with this. I was like, we're all pretty self-aware. Gossiping's not a good thing, right? Who in this room, when you're meeting someone at a party and you're like, g'day, what are you passionate about? No one is saying, I'm passionate about gossiping, right? No one... It's really believing gossiping is a good or enriching or positive thing, right? It's kind of an odd thing. Gossiping is not good. And I was reflecting on that and I was like, it's not good, but it's not summer sizzler level, right? And then I got into scripture and then I actually read the word of God on this topic. Yeah, actually picked up my Bible and read uh, what God has to say on this topic. And I was like, whoa, Mike actually knows a thing or two. I was like, whoa, Mike actually knows his Bible. Who would have thought? By the way, Mike, love you. Great leadership. (laughs) But that was my honest reaction. I was like, wow, God says our words have so much weight and so much power. And in diving into this topic and actually looking at the word of God, I was like, whoa, God really doesn't like gossiping. Ugh. But don't just take my word for it, right? I can stand up here and say, God doesn't like gossiping. Don't just take my word for it. Take his. So what we're going to do, just something a little bit different as we are dipping our toes into this topic, is we're going to do some quick fire Bible verses just to get a broader scope of God's heart and and his opinion on this topic, right? So we're going to be hanging around the book of Proverbs mostly. Um, It's going to be quick fire, so you can try and follow along in your Bibles if you really want to flick along really quickly, but it'll be up behind me. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. I know I said it was going to be quick fire Bible verses, but let's just pause here for a second. Solomon is saying, if you gossip, you're perverse. That's a bit intense. Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Again, Solomon is just saying, if you gossip, just, just avoid those kinds of people altogether. Don't even associate with them. Proverbs 11:12 Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense but the one who has understanding holds their tongue again Solomon is saying look if you gossip and tear down your neighbors you just straight up have no sense Solomon my man he is tearing down gossips James 1:26 it's James now it's going to be spicy Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless Oofed, yeah. Anyone feeling that summer sizzle yet? Yeah. 
And just as a lovely little note to end off, we're going to jump to Proverbs 6 and look at a list of things that God hates. Just a lovely note to end off on. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. As we're going through this list, I want you to keep a mental note of the things that you think are present when you gossip. So there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lied, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Certainly that last one, that's present when you gossip. So we can clearly see from those Bible verses, God does not like gossiping. But more than that, especially in relation to that last passage, we can see God hates gossiping. That's intense, right, guys? But I think it's better if we actually dig a bit deeper and go, why? Why does God not like gossiping, right? We can, we can let the fear of, of him hating it bleed into some legalistic fear-based motivation. But I think it's better if we actually pause here and go, okay, clearly God has strong opinions on this. Why? What is so bad about gossiping? With that being said, why don't we actually look a bit deeper at the heart behind gossiping? But before we go any further, I think it is helpful if we actually outline what gossiping is, right? Taylor and I, we've workshopped a bit of helpful frame uh, questions, a bit of a helpful framework that help us in identifying gossiping. So these are the questions. If you're the note-taking type, well, that's a tongue twister. You might want to write these down. Is it tearing someone down? Is there a negative effect on the listener? Is it unnecessary or invading someone's privacy? Are you passively enabling conflict? And this last one is just particularly good in identifying if you are gossiping. Would you say it to their face? Would you actually say what you were saying to that person's face? And I would say that if, if we as followers of Jesus, that's a little push for us, if we answer yes or no in the case of that last question, if we answer yes to even just one of these questions, it is gossiping. Because as followers of Jesus, we don't even want to get into the territory where we are potentially gossiping. Let's bookmark that there, right? We have got our framework for identifying gossiping. Now, let's move on to actually looking at the heart behind gossip, because that's largely where I am focusing my sermon for today. To do that, we are going to jump to Luke. And Luke 6.45, it is the words of Jesus. So maybe you were looking at that James and the Solomon passages and you're like, oh, it's Solomon. He had 600 wives. I don't know if I really trust his opinion, right? By the way, if that's how you approach Scripture, you might want to check how you you feel about that because Jacob said that all Scripture is God-breathed and suitable for teaching. So, But Luke 6.45, this is Jesus, the head honcho, the big man talking. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that last sentence, that's really what we need to capture here. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's what we need to capture here as we're going forward. Because we can see from Jesus' teaching here that the words we speak and the heart behind them, they're intrinsically linked, right? The words we speak... They are never just words. There is always a deeper heart that they are flowing out of. And the reason I point this out is to say that when we gossip, God actually looks at both the words we are saying and the heart behind them, and he doesn't detach them from each other. The heart and the words, they are intrinsically linked in God's view of things. And that actually makes it a little bit more complex for us, because that means even if we're going to look at those intense verses about God hating gossiping, and we're going... Oh, God hates gossiping. I'll just, I just won't do it. 
I'll abstain from gossiping. Even if we approach it in that sort of way, God's actually saying, oh, no, no, no. I don't actually care that you're abstaining from gossiping in and of itself because your heart is left unchecked. And I'm looking at both the heart and the words. See, without checking your heart, you might not gossip, but you might be passive in accepting others' gossip. Or, or you might not gossip, but you might be receptive of others' gossip, right? Your body language and your tone might be encouraging others' gossip. And I think we come to this point and we go, okay, God doesn't approve of the heart behind gossiping. But why is it about the heart? What is so bad about the heart of gossiping? At least if you're anything like me, this is the kind of question I was wrestling with. But I think if you're anything like me, we're prone to making excuses for our gossiping, right? We may not explicitly say it out loud, but we justify it, right? We say things like, oh, but you don't know what they've done to me, right? I'm justified in my gossiping. Or I'm not saying things as bad as other people are saying. We may not say it explicitly, but these are the kinds of things we, we justify gossiping with. But if we lay our ego down for a sec and we actually expose the heart of gossiping for what it truly is, there is no room to make these kinds of excuses, guys. Because gossiping is actually a terrible thing. But more than that, it's a terrible thing that it is so normalised and accepted in our culture. And more than that, it is a terrible thing that we as followers of Jesus, we're so okay with it. But why? Why is gossip such a terrible thing? I think there are three reasons, and I think these three reasons, they should lead us to rethink the passive stance that we can have on gossiping in our lives. The first one is pride. You might be going, what? Pride? What does that have to do with gossiping? Let me explain myself. When we gossip, it is coming from a heart that says, I'm more important than God. We don't think of it in that terms, but let me explain myself. The thing about gossip and when we are gossiping about others, really our heart is declaring, catch this, how I feel about this person and what I have to say about this person that I'm gossiping about in this moment, it's more important than what God does. It's more important than what God has to say about them. And actually, it's more important in this moment than their dignity as a person made in God's image and their potential for transformation and new life in Christ. Gossip, it really comes from a heart that is saying, take a backseat, God, because what I have to say about this person, it is more worth my time and more worth my words than what you do. And that is pride in its purest form. The next thing about the heart of gossiping that I think should push us to reconsider how we view it is a thing called misbranding. I've turned up this coin, and to explain this, this, uh, this phrase, I need a little volunteer. Anyone want to help me out here? Kristen, you're the first one who put the hand up. So Kristen, you are a cow in this situation. You are a cow. So farmers or livestock owners, right, when they are identifying an animal, they will take a hot branding iron and they will brand a mark into the animal's skin and fur so that it scars the animal's skin and fur and there is a mark left on it. So for me, if I'm the farmer in this situation, I would take a hot branding iron. We can argue the morals of animal branding, but that's a different conversation for a different day. I would take, this is my branding iron, by the way, I would take a hot branding iron, I would mark maybe my initials or a mark onto the cow. 
I mean, I know I wouldn't, but it's just for the dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah. So that now when, when you guys, as my neighbouring properties, neighbouring farmers, you would look at Kristen the cow and go, that's Adelaide's cow. She's got that mark on her. I am identifying this cow with the mark that is on her. And if we look at it like that, our tongues, when we gossip, they become like a branding iron. Because really what we do when we gossip is we go behind another person's back. You are now a human. You are now Kristen. No, it's all right. <laughs> what we do when we gossip is we're going behind another person's back. So for me, I, I would go behind Kristen's back and I would gossip about her. And what I would do with my gossip is I am labelling brandings into her skin. It's a pretty stupid one. It says stinky face, but go with it. <laughs> I'm branding her with a mark so that now when others see Kristen, they no longer see Kristen. They see the mark that I have given her in my words through gossiping. Thank you, Kristen. You have been a lovely cow. You can keep the stinky face. <laughs> You're not actually a stinky face, I promise. But friends, no wonder this angers God. Because he is the only one with the rightful authority to be able to label and speak lasting identity over people. See, God, he is a jealous God. So when we come along like I did to Kristen and we stick our sinful, incorrect labels on these people, God, he is going... No, 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 you cannot do that because these labels that I have for this person, these labels are forgiven and free from condemnation and a new creation. These are the only labels and markings I want associated with them, right? And more than that, these are the only brandings, labels, markings, identities that are actually true and eternal for these people. The thing about gossiping is we are labelling and marking people with identities that are not true and consistent with the promises of God. And Jesus, more than anything, he wants us to be the kind of people who not only abstain from using false labels, but actually the kind of people to see beyond others' false labels for those people to their true potential in him. And this, it leads into my last point. The thing about the heart that gossip flows from is we are choosing to be passive Catch this. We are choosing to be passive in recognising and calling new life out of others. The thing is, the people we find ourselves gossiping about, they may actually be doing things that annoy us. They may actually be doing things that are questionable. They may actually be doing things that make for quote-unquote good gossip. But when we do choose to go and use our words to gossip about that person we are failing to look beyond what they are doing in this moment and who they are in this moment. When we gossip, we are failing to allow them to have a redemption story. When we gossip, we fail to see a reality for that person in which Jesus' death and resurrection creates new life and transformational power possible for them. But more than that, guys, more than that, we are severely misrepresenting this. We are severely failing to call out and encourage this potential. When we look at it like that, no wonder God hates gossiping. We're cheapening the price that Jesus paid for that person in our minds. And really, it is here that we land in our biggest reason why God hates gossiping. It's because the people we gossip about, they are so dearly loved in God's eyes. And when we gossip about them, we are severely misrepresenting this love that God has for them. 
So we come to this point. We have exposed gossiping for really what it really is. A prideful assigning of false labels that cheapens the weight of the cross and ultimately fails to call new life and potential out of others. What now? Just hit you with that. What now? <laughs> well, let me just encourage you by saying, the God of the universe, all-knowing and all-powerful, like we sang before, the Alpha and the Omega, Lord above lords, King above kings, the name above every other name, that God, creator God, he looks at you and he says that your words matter. Let's catch that for a second. Creator God says that you and your words have power and weight in being able to shape others' perceptions of Jesus and reveal Jesus to others. God says your words and how you use them, they have eternity-shaping kind of weight. Let that be an empowering thing. Let that be an empowering thing for you in your words. Well, welcome everybody. Summer sizzlers indeed. What is today, right? Praise God for air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> did anyone else like sizzle a little bit too hard this summer and end up with some awkward tan lines like me? Because that's a thing that happened. Um, anyway, as you would have figured out by now, my name is Taylor. I am one of the beloved interns here. And yes, I'm going to claim and milk that status for the next five days while I still can. <laughs> So something you may not know about me is that before I got my current job working in learning support, I worked in OSH for three and a half years. And as part of this, I still worked the occasion shift, occasional shift in school holidays and vacation care. And as part of all of this, I have spent a lot of time on playground duty, where it has been my job to enforce the rules. So more often than not, I would catch myself walking around the playground or yelling across the playground, Jeremy, don't throw sand. What did I tell you about that? No, doesn't mean you can pick up a stick. Throwing bark isn't any better. Goodness me. Or Jen, what did I say about keeping your hands to yourself? This is meant to be a safe place for everybody. Jeez. <laughs> No, definitely don't put watermelon up your nose and then eat it. Like, kids these days, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, as I was on playground duty recently, this got me thinking about God's playground rules. Um, did you know that there are over 100 Bible passages about the tongue? So clearly God cares about this topic. Um, but when, you when we approach a topic like gossip, and Adelaide gave us inc an incredible word, but also a hard word, it sometimes can be a tricky thing to digest. And it can sometimes feel like God's throwing a whole lots of do's and don'ts at us, kind of like an annoying teacher on playground duty that you sort of wish would go home. <laughs> but on playground duty, I wasn't just giving those instructions for the fun of it. I was hoping to teach the kids about things like safety, respect for others, and well, when it comes to the watermelon Adelaide, personal hygiene. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just should point that out. Um, so my question is, when it comes to gossip, what is God trying to teach us? What higher purpose is he pointing us towards? What was the tongue created for? So as I was praying about this message, I felt led to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, which should be up on the screen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children 
of God. So I'd just like to break this verse down into a couple of parts. The first part, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice that this verse says peacemakers. It doesn't say peacekeepers. It doesn't say those who go with the flow. The word itself implies that peacemaking, just like Alex said before, is active. Peacemaking is different to tolerance. It doesn't mean avoiding offence or avoiding conflict or trying to maintain the status quo. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, is anything but passive. So peacemakers, prepare to be countercultural. The Bible project says shalom can refer to the absence of conflict, like we typically think of the English word peace. But it also refers to the presence of something better in its place. Peacemaking is active not passive. Perhaps the word, that's the word that you needed to hear today. But more than that, peacemaking is a form of warfare, which involves overcoming evil with good. Yeah. Yeah, good. So for a modern day example of this, I thought of the United Nations peacekeeping troops. United Nations peacekeepers are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> When the UN sends peacekeepers into areas of conflict, those troops are anything but nice. They don't set out to stir up conflict, but they don't rock up with a card and a bunch of flowers either. <laughs> I know I would certainly keep out of their way. So if we are called to create peace, what weapons are we given? Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible uses a military metaphor to talk about spiritual warfare and the spiritual forces at work behind our everyday realities. We are told to put on the full armour of God as our defence, giving us strength to resist evil and stand our ground. We are told to put on the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. But more than that, in all of this, the passage lists just one offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible says that words have power. So how are you using yours? The second half of this verse, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. So as I was preparing for this message, thinking it over, the 2013 song Cool Kids came to mind. Does anyone know that song? Yeah. yeah. So if you're not singing along with me, I wish that I could be like the cool kids, because all the cool kids, they seem to fit in. I wish that I could be like the cool kids, like the cool kids. I mean, isn't that all of us sometimes? Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, growing up, my family moved around a lot, so I was kind of like the perpetual new kid, right? So whether I'm proud of it or not, there's a little part of my brain that still walks around awkwardly singing this song when I'm meeting new people. <laughs> but surely I'm not alone here. You know, the desire for connection and belonging are fundamental to our humanity, and it's part of how God designed us. Genesis chapter 2 says it's not good for the man to be alone, and that applies to the woman too. But the reality is, if you choose to take a stand against gossip, it will clash with fitting in. You will feel awkward. <laughs> 
and it probably won't win you any popularity contests. But at this point, you are showing you live for a higher purpose. Yeah, that's right. You have a higher call. You are a child of God, and you belong to him. In my research for this message, I came across an article titled, Psychologists Say Gossiping is a Social Skill. Here's how to know if you're doing it right. And I just thought this gave a really interesting perspective on how our culture can sometimes think about gossip. I'd like to read a quote from this article. In order to survive and pass along your genes, it has pretty much always been necessary to know about the lives of those around you. That knowledge helped people get ahead socially, just take note of that, and people who were not interested in it were at a disadvantage. Now, I can see where this article is coming from, and if you'd like a sermon that gets into the ins and outs of this survival of the fittest mindset and evolution and social Darwinism, jump on the podcast and look up Mike's incredible message from earlier in this series. I'm not going there today. <laughs> but friends, as Jesus followers, this kind of perspective on life and on gossip in particular should cause us to take pause. Anything which says, I am putting you down to elevate myself, that is not the way of Jesus. If life is purely about getting ahead, gossip makes total sense. Go for your life. Honestly, who's stopping you? But as followers of Jesus, is this who we are? God says we are his children. We belong to him. We were created for a higher purpose and we have a higher call. We are set apart from the ways of this world. And true freedom is found when we build our lives on the rock not on the shifting sands of popular culture or popular opinion or what people think or what the cool kids might think, but on the one who is eternal, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, who says we belong to him. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, I'd just like to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. That's why I'm so excited for our Renewing Your Mind series. <laughs> and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, created for a purpose. Just catch that. Paul, in this letter to the Ephesians, then lists some applications of this. He instructs us to put off falsehood and lying and speak truthfully. But then he goes one step further, pointing to the unity that comes when the people of God come together honestly in community, holding together grace and truth. He then turns to stealing, instructing those who have been stealing to steal no longer. But then he goes one step further to declare life and purpose over those same hands, which he says should be redeemed and put to work to do something useful so that that person may have something to give to those in need. So you can see that Paul takes the old way and replaces it with the new. He redeems it and fulfills it with a new purpose. 
This brings us to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and the occasion, that it may benefit those who listen. So you see, God doesn't just call us to stop gossip. He takes the old and replaces it with the new, declaring, you, my child, were made for more. Our lives, our tongues, our words have a purpose. We live for a higher call. So what does this mean for our lives? Well, my first point might sound familiar, is your words have power. I know Adelaide highlighted this before, but I really do think it is worth revisiting again. And I just want you to stop for a moment to take this in. The God of the universe, the one who spoke all of creation into being in just one breath, says your words have power. Your words, what you say matters. (laughs) What an incredible and frankly terrifying realization. (laughs) Yes, this is good news, but it also should cause us to tremble. But blessed are the peacemakers. As Adelaide so beautifully pointed out, when it comes to gossip, what God cares about is the heart. So this should be the litmus test for our conversations. You can tell I work in a school doing science, can't you? Um, (laughs) Where is your heart? What is your mindset? Are you seeking to bring peace? If God says our words have power, we'd better think twice before throwing them all around all over the place. In the wise words of (laughs) Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, that was Spider-Man. I definitely looked that up. Um, (laughs) But Proverbs 18, 21 also says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what does it mean for us to use this power for good rather than evil? I think it's so important that we think through this and implement some wise boundaries to guide us as we handle this powerful force to avoid defecting to the dark side. Adelaide introduced us to some questions to help us diagnose and define the problem of gossip. So if that's the diagnosis, I hope that these questions can help point us towards the remedy. Question number one, is it building someone up? Gossip always happens in the context of a relationship. There is always a who, a somebody involved. Are you building someone up? or tearing down a person made in the image of God? Question number two, is it having a positive effect on the listener? Gossip never happens in a vacuum. How are your words affecting your friends, your family, your relationship, your workplace, your church, your social circles? What kind of a culture are you responsible for creating? Gossip has a ripple effect. Number three, is it necessary to say or your business to tell? The Bible has a lot to say about busybodies, so I'm just going to leave that one there. (laughs) And number four, this is my favourite, are you actively working for reconciliation and peace? I've been asked in the lead up to this sermon and have wrestled myself with how to define what gossip actually is. 
And this is the litmus test for me. Are you actively working, actively working for reconciliation and peace? Are you seeking wise and trusted counsel, the kind of person you know is there and you can tell and it's not going to go anywhere, in order to work towards a solution? Are you looking to be held accountable so that you can actually take steps to resolve the problem that's going on in your life? Or are you simply venting? Are you simply just having a laugh? Because if the end goal is to make yourself feel better or boost your own social status at the expense of taking personal responsibility, if the end goal isn't to reach a resolution, if you're not actively working towards restoration, reconciliation or peace, you might want to check your motives. Friends, we are called to be peacemakers. And Jesus is the ultimate example. He has gone before us, entering into our reality to bring us peace. Unlike modern-day military peacekeepers, Jesus had no need to carry any weapons. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Incredible. Jesus was the most powerful person in human history. And yet, how did he choose to use this authority? In the most powerful act of warfare ever, Jesus laid down his life. His death broke the power of death itself. He who had access to all the authority of God humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Which brings me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Sorry, my laptop's playing up a little bit. Gotta love this one. I took it to Cambodia and it died for six months on me and then resurrected. I feel like there's something Jesus-y in that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. If Jesus, the most powerful person in history, chose to lay down his life to bring us peace, how much more do you think we, his children, are called to tame our tongues in order to bring life and peace to others? Peacemaking is not cool, but it is gutsy. It probably won't get you in with the in crowd, but it will demonstrate that you live for a higher call. You answer to a higher authority. You're on a mission. And rather than jostling for position in the world's cult of cool, peacemaking shows our allegiance to the king of heaven who laid down his life and who reigns above it all. It shows that we are children of God. And the full and complete belonging that's found in him is better than any gift the world could ever offer. Better than anywhere that you could ever hope to try and fit in. And he calls us dearly loved children of God. Jesus wielded the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
His words have power and authority far more than any word that we could ever speak. So what does God say about you? What does God say about the people that you struggle to see the best in? Because if we're honest, none of us are perfect and all of us struggle to see the best in somebody. Let him speak life. If God, the creator of the universe, saw something in you and I that was worth redeeming, what authority do we have to say otherwise? If he who paid the price for our redemption by sending his son Jesus to die in our place, he who considered us worthy, if he speaks a better word over us, who are we to say otherwise? (laughs) If he speaks a better word over the other people in our lives, who are we to say otherwise? The reality is, if you feel the need to keep someone else down, to boost your own sense of self-worth or to fit in, The problem lies not with them, but in here. If you know your words have caused harm or you've spoken with carelessness, God is calling you to repent. Not to condemn you, you need to catch that, but so that he can heal your heart and speak new life over you and turn you back to him. Or perhaps you're here today and you've been hurt by gossip. We'd love to pray for you. And I would like to invite the elders down the front to pray for people as I come to a close. God wants to do a healing work in this place today. For those of us who find ourselves surrounded by others who gossip, let's not be passive bystanders. If you're surrounded by others who gossip, be bold. Stand up to them. You can redirect the conversation or intervene. But more than that, we've been given spiritual power and authority. Which brings me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Take your battles to the heavenly realm. Pray for these people. Encourage them. Call out life. Call it out, church. That's what we're all about this year. (laughs) Surprise them by lifting them up and generously speaking life over them. At Encounter Church, one of our core values is generous. And in the wise words of Jenny Wardrop, (laughs) you can't be generous without being encouraging. We're already known as one of the most welcoming churches in Adelaide, and I pray that that continues in Jesus' name. But what would it look like for us to be known also as one of the most encouraging? What would it look like for us to be a church where people don't just walk through the door, but actually where from beyond that, they are welcomed into our living rooms, they are welcomed into our homes, they are welcomed into our life groups, they are welcomed into our friendships and relationships, and they know that in that place, they're going to find friendship, people who will encourage them, people who will pray over them, people who will speak life over them. This is, honestly, for me, been the biggest blessing of internship, to have found a group of brothers and sisters who consistently pray for, encourage, and call out life in me, and I cannot begin to tell you what a difference it has made. I would not be up here without them. I can guarantee that. <laughs> yes, friends, 
Gossip and negativity is contagious. It's toxic and destructive, and if it's a part of your life, honestly, you just need to cut it out. You need to quit. But in the same way that gossip tears down, encouragement builds up. Another Jenny Wardrop quote. She should be up here preaching this. <laughs> People catch encouragement. And quite frankly, if you're not encouraging others, you need to start. It's just part of being a Christian. If you've been convicted by this message, you are not alone. <laughs> I've also been convicted in the past week to see the hold that negativity has had on my life, both in the way that I think and speak about other people. But, uh, yeah, and just how much in that I need to lay it down to pursue encouragement. <laughs> but I also know that you and I, we can't fight this battle in our own strength. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.